game boys prove what do you mean fda approved i don't sell medical products the pink sauce is not a medical product <coughs> the pink sauce don't contribute to your health i never said that <laughs> I love that this person, like, I've watched this video a couple of times, and it fucking rules they don't know what the F and FDA stands for. Uh, it stands for fun. <laughs> the Fun and Drug Administration. It's so funny that it's making people very sick. How sick is it making them? Like, sicker than, like, what, COVID? <laughs> I mean... It's like food. It's like giving people food poisoning. Right. Because it's like it's just being shipped in like a loose paper bag yeah, with like no refrigeration like a paper bag of ingredients that go bad. That's just like in the back of a truck with no cooling. So like I, I didn't really know the person behind the sensation, the sauce sensation until I saw this video. And now I was like. Okay, at first I thought it was someone getting away with something, and now it seems like it's someone who accidentally did something like that they like really bad on accident. I don't know. It seems like she's in trouble. I hate the idea. I mean, no. Um I I don't hate the idea because if you do a grift like this, you should be punished. But the problem is that I don't even think she's totally clear on the fact that she was doing a grift. Right, exactly. It seems like she was literally just living her life. Yeah, and then made a bunch of choices without totally understanding how things work and ended up fucking up major. She's just having a like a hilarious, you know, we don't get comedy sitcom, you know, we don't get comedy films anymore. She's just she's having a what's it called? A stumble of of falls. What's the type of the type of genre of comedy? Blunders and errors. A comedy of errors, yeah. She's doing she's doing a comedy of errors on TikTok. And I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, I, it's it's pretty true. It's pretty magic uh to see it, happening. It, it does also seem like sort of like the like the sundials and prisms of society. They every couple of years they all sort of align to like uh you know, have us become ravenous over a sauce. And and you know, but in the past it was like the the Rick and Morty one. Right, and that was one sauce. That was an entire company, you know, fielding the the brunt of, of that. But this is just one lone woman on TikTok, I think. Yeah. Um, and wow, what what an that's that's quite a larger challenge. Yeah. And I mean, this is a weird thing to say, although not that weird for us, which is that like she kind of reminds me of President Joe Brandon <laughs> in this way of like. She just like wanted to do something and like seems to like not have understood all the parts of what doing it meant. And sure. now because she like didn't do all of the important parts that were implicitly part of the things she wanted to do, she's in like huge trouble. The the, the, the infrastructure plan it, it's now including pink sauce. We <laughs> we took out healthcare, we added pink sauce. That's something something we mean magic could compromise. A little bit of ranch, a little bit of mystery. If you don't like the pink sauce, then you don't like the police. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't back the boys in pink, well then, what what what, what other colors are you not backing? Blue, <laughs> red, white. <laughs> um, pink. That's that's two thirds of an American flag. You you mix, mix them all together, you get a pink get sauce. Pink. That is what you get, I think. That is probably traditionally close to cl the closest that you're going to get if you mix up our our beautiful country. So this this does feel this does feel less like her fault and more like society's fault. Sorry to say it. I think it's um, a pretty steep helping of both on this one. Because <laughs> like there's I also just, like some pretty funny like I'm willing to represent this woman in court. Hell yeah. You don't have to be, you don't have to defend yourself pro se. Just get an unqualified person to do it. That's even better. Um, what, what, what's stronger than the law? Passion. <laughs> that's true. That's what I always say. Uh, that's what movie Primal Fear was about. Um, but it's, uh, there was, there's like stuff that's come out where she's like sent bottles of pink sauce with like nutrition facts, but the nutrition nice. facts like don't make any sense. <laughs> okay. Well, so now, now, okay. Now I'm feeling a little bit less. <laughs> I didn't know this about my client. Uh, <laughs> she did not disclose this during our initial interviews. She did not. And 
I'm still I'm still charmed by her. I'll have to say because you know that does she's she's go like just like Brandon. She is like going through the mo like the motions of of what you would see on a sauce bottle without any of the fundamentals behind them. <laughs> right, totally. It's like a purely symbolic idea of a sauce bottle. <laughs> so um, at this point. It seems like we are sort of at the end of the sauce arc and it'll be probably hard for us to get any, right? Yeah, I don't think we can. Oh, the problem seems to be uh, botulism. (laughs) That's just like actually where monkeypox is coming from. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like America, for some reason, you know, we're obsessed with with sauces and secret ones um sauces that color outside the lines i think that's right like i think that is the key i think you've hit on something is that like america as like a culture we crave when uh frontierism in the realm of fast food not just frontierism but like we crave when there's like a secret answer (laughs) A hundred percent. Yes. Like, oh, we don't have to make the food good. We just have to make, give it the right sauce. A hundred percent. And the mystery behind it, like the, that some, that some things are unknown. Yeah, exactly. That there's like a secret out there that we can find that will, you know, the somewhere like our out there is a secret mar- Star Wars David, martini. Yeah, exactly. That somewhere out there is our secret chord that David plays and it pleased the Lord. Like that the truth is like an answer. Uh, and maybe it's a $5,000 martini and maybe it's pink sauce or maybe it's Szechuan sauce or whatever. Can I read you this post about the, um, about the, the nutritional label? I mean, sure. There are so many errors on this nutritional label. It says 444 servings, which is 14.4 grams per serving, which makes almost 6,300 something grams in the whole bottle, which is inaccurate. And if these small details were overlooked, I'm looking at quality control now. I'm kind of scared. Well, he's wrong because the, the, the pink sauce expands within your stomach like rice. Oh, so it should be 6.3 kilograms of sauce. I, I'm just saying that like what what he's he's saying that, yeah, the size is off because it expands. OK, that makes sense. It's like our universe. Sure. Slow, slowly over a cosmic scale, the pink sauce grows bigger and bigger. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it lives on within you far past your death. Yes. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm still I still feel like this is someone being swept up in a current rather than creating a tidal wave yeah i mean i think this person made some kind of homemade sauce of dubious quality (laughs) for themselves and then put it on tiktok and then people were like i want the sauce it went viral and then they didn't know how to handle being a food business and all the laws (laughs) and methods attached to that sure and then here we are and you know what let's uh, let's let's and let's Hit the class angle for a second here. I have gone to school with so many trust fund motherfuckers that popped out of business school with like a ketchup or some other kind of ranch or bullshit. And it's like, you know, how much how much more God given right did they have to create a sauce than than any other entrepreneurial chef? The only difference is, is that one of them talked to doctors and scientists. Yeah, it's well, and that is an important difference. <laughs> but and but how can you trust any of them in, in, in this day and age? That's true. Now, in our post truth, post knowledge world. Well, here I will say, which doctors am I supposed to trust? Because all the ones I go to in L.A. are awful. They steal my money. And they give me pretty bad advice. So, um, like, which are the good? What are there higher tier leveled up doctors? And those are the ones that I got to listen to because I'm getting a lot of very, I don't know, low level gray item doctors. There are two doctors that I like who I would say are somewhere between a green and purple item. OK. Uh, Maria Perez, my PCP in Austin and Dr. Alan Weinstock, my old PCP in D.C. 
Okay, respect. So, so there, are, there, there are legends among us still. Yeah, there are good doctors out there. Um, but I don't think they're most of them. Well, you know, I bet they are a lot of them. But like, I think right now being a doctor just like sucks and is like insanely hard. Sure. And I think that, I mean, this is a truthful thing. I think that a lot of medical schools, this is like what happens with every institution of learning is like, knowledge gets democratized such that like people who are consuming that stuff can sort of like respond directly and interact with discussions about the thing rather than just like passively consuming it. Mm-hmm. And doctors have not been trained to like deal with someone who's like, Oh, I've tried that before and it didn't work. Like they're not, they're not trained to have those conversations. And so you get doctors who are kind of like flailing about in that way. Uh, and that's no good either. What if Thanos had snapped 50% of the doctors? We have not Being enough. In a perfect do- society. Have, oh, yeah. We'd have not enough doctors. I think. I, I'm just saying, as I walk around in my day to day, who's my number one enemy? Doctors. That's all I'll say. Folks, welcome to Game Boys. I'm your host, Griffin. <laughs> and I'm Lux. And- Oh, and we're joined by the, the evil doctor, doctor herself, yeah, the doctor of the podcast. Uh, hold on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me get a. Uh, uh, what uh, is there? What's the? Is it? Is there a song to this? Let's see. Oh hell yeah! This is this is the evil dulcet tones of Doctor Mario, aka our producer Haley. Yeah, this is this is Doctor. This is this is Haley's jam. You'll hear this right before you die, right before yep. the life is sucked from your soul. Right before Haley um, prescribes you pink sauce. Yes, exactly. Uh, hey, doctor's orders. Um, there should be doctors coming to her defense. That's that's the big. It's, if if doctors are going to come in defense of way more heinous and unscientific medicines for COVID or whatever, how come there's no there's no doctor for that? Yeah, there should be doctors who will defend anyone's idea of anything. Who's the guy? Who are those that like that husband wife pair that like said that like COVID was fake or something? Their name they were awesome. They were, oh, they were, were they were weirdos, those, but yeah, no, but they were like a, they were a husband wife pair. That's what made them so strong. They're like, listen, it's not just one of us. This entire marriage hasn't, has discovered the truth. And sometimes that's the kind of narrative you need. Yeah. I mean, maybe that is the, maybe that is the future is just different mom and pop married couples going on the internet and telling us what's going on. Yeah, I just think like, okay, yeah, like as we get back, you know, to more, uh, you know, traditional tradcath, you know, forms, I, I want to hear what the, you know, I want to hear what the whole, the whole family has to say. Uh, as I want to hear what the nuclear family. Tradcath forms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As we go back, um, as nuclear we family. Embrace tradition. Nuclear family has been around for uh, 50 billion years. You want to change that now? Um. I mean, you know, there's other families that exist. Why is it nuclear? Is it because that's when we were starting to nuke people? <laughs> yeah, it's because that's actually how they make the bombs. Is they just put a family in there? <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm trying to figure out uh, why that is a term. Because they, because a, a, a nucleus spreads, separates, and and turns into children. Um, I think it's because when you break the, f- the familial bonds using the process of fission, they explode. I see. Okay. Um, Guys, we're running out of topics here. We're 15 minutes in. This is going to be a spicy one. We haven't one. even talk- talked about any of the topics. Okay, give me one. What about Nope? Dude, we both saw it. It's the movie of the season. It is. It is tis the season to be jolly. Um, yeah, it's just nice to see a good movie. It's like when you go, <laughs> I go, you go out to eat a lot of restaurants and the food is the food, but then it's like, you have a good meal. You feel jazzed. That's how I felt after Nope. I'm going to go see it again in IMAX. Um, yeah. And you know what? It was, uh, definitely a big thinker. One that I got to <laughs> really dwell on for a long time. I'm going to be unwrapping the mysteries of this film. Uh, for the next 10 years on my personal YouTube page. Did you see that Logan Paul didn't like it? 
Oh yeah. Let's That's let's amazing. Now let's get to let's get to Logan here. Now Logan is my favorite uh, movie review critique artist person. Um, <laughs> I, it's it's how I first discovered him, and it's kind of always been to me the one thing that Logan does best. The number one Logan skill. Uh, did he? Where is this? Oh, it's still here. Okay. Um, I, here's the thing. A lot of people are, are are clowning on on Logan for for writing a long thread that makes him sound like he reviews films but like i would say that basically this movie has turned almost everyone into this guy like a guy that like doesn't typically talk like this but like it feels like everyone has to like i don't know i love this movie but every time i hear people pontificating on the movie i have to like leave the room well there's there's two funny things here so let's start with the general funny thing which is that a lot of the people who have like gotten into letterbox posting about Marvel movies now have to do letterbox posting about a movie with like actual stuff in it. Sure. Um, there's and, that angle. And like do not really know how and end up sounding like extremely like right. m- like baby's first film review. Right. That's not Logan, but that's just a lot of people in general. Yeah. But I would I would say like like the state of movie criticism is terrible. Outside of like a few letterboxed people, like like I would say the majority of the main popular YouTubers talk very generically about film, like just kind of like that part was good. The sound effects, the, the music was awesome. Uh, and I just I think like I, don't, I can't think of like one person that I'd recommend. There's some very good film critics writing film criticism today in the world. Right. Yeah. You're, but there's not really a lot of YouTubers. Not a ton of great YouTubers. But with Logan Paul specifically, what is so funny is that a part of his critique is that the themes are unclear and like don't really add up to him, which right. is very funny because it's basically about a movie about why maybe you shouldn't film a Japanese suicide forest YouTube video. Like, <laughs> it's incredible that like it's this movie about why people like Logan Paul might be a problem. And Logan Paul is like, I just simply don't get it. I don't understand. It's such a it's so perfect to me. I fucking I love it. I I yeah, I so I I feel a little differently. I read this very in-depth review and sort of out of character review for Logan to do as something a little bit larger, which is like for some reason everyone saw this movie and like not just the Marvel guys, but everyone felt like they had to pontificate publicly on the themes of the film. And I'm not really sure if maybe it's just because like Jordan Peele is so popular now. Um, but plenty of people who have no business, not in like an elitist sense, but in just a, oh, you guys just suck at talking about movies, um, felt like this was the one that they had to get their, you know, their rocks off on. And so I wonder what that is exactly. Well, see, I do feel like I do feel like this is why that Marvel thing I mentioned is actually more pervasive maybe than than we're giving credit for because i think there's a lot of people who do movie stuff on twitter or on youtube where it's like what you're saying and a lot of it's like this is like kind of like the thing that happened in the comics or like this is a reference to xyz or blah 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 but like nope isn't playing in that space right like the references that it's making are largely references to like what cameras look like and like film history and stuff which is not what these people sort of know. And so these same people who like feel like they have to comment on the big movies. Cause that's like what their account is now, like have to comment on this movie, but that is like, they're not prepared or equipped to talk about it because the tools they use to talk about movies are all like either comparing it to a broader, like phase four kind of plan situation or to like the thing that it's adapting or to other movies in the series or whatever. Um, and like, Nope doesn't have any of that. Like, Nope's not a franchise thing. It's not an adaptation of anything. Like, it's not any of that stuff. But but that pairs with like, it also sort of the dissonance of the movie being really fucking simple. Yeah, uh, that's the other thing I was going to say is this movie is not like hiding a tricky 
layer right. message. Of yes. meaning. It's very and on the nose. And that's like what's then annoying about the people uh, like attempting to unpack it is that they it feels very like going through the motions or something like that. Like I I walked into this movie preparing to unpack it and now I'm unpacking it. But it's like, well, there's nothing really to uh, unpack. It's a very simple film. It has a really simple and strong message. And that's actually its strength um, that it doesn't get overcomplicated. Yeah. Uh, that's so, the yeah. cool thing about every Jordan Peele movie is that like the messaging of the movie or like the thematic like argument it's making is pretty much always fairly clear. Yeah, but like everyone always walks out with a beret on, like right, well, and like a, part, right? a long French cigarette. Like it's like everyone. So that's what's. It's like he's doing like yeah, big blockbusters that like make people think they're thinking deeper thoughts than they are or something. I, I yeah, don't well, know. the cool because it's like it's not so like to compare it to like you know like 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 Mad God that Phil Tippett movie that came out. Like, that's a movie that you kind of have to unpack the themes of because, like, there's no dialogue and it's weird and it's crazy or whatever. Um, and none of the Jordan Peele movies really do that. They all are pretty straight up about what their themes are. The fun part is figuring out all the different ways that the movie expounds on that theme. Like, right. Like, what does this shot mean? Oh, look, those aliens look like a camera. Oh, that alien's face looks like a sensor. Like, da, da, da. like that's like a fun thing to get to do and like it's interesting it's like very hitchcocky in the sense that there's like a thesis statement and then every single thing that happens in the movie is about that mm-hmm. and figuring out the different ways it ties together are fun but like it's these it's this weird thing and it is weird that people are like meaning has to be excavated from a movie as opposed to a movie just being like here's what i'm about think about it because mm-hmm. it does give you a lot to think about in terms of like what our society looks like and what s- spectacles are for and the history of cinema and like who benefits from that and who doesn't and like how different types of bodies are used in that process, whatever. Also like the nature of like things that aren't human and like the hubris of control, all that stuff. It's like all, but that's all extremely like, like characters are like, this is what the movie is about. Like right. while the movie is happening. And so it's very funny to watch these people sort of like try to act like they're digging out some like deeper meaning from a movie that is like, it's all like right on the tin. Yeah. It's uh right on the tip. Um, so yeah, I think that I'm going to go see it again. I had a blast. Um, I highly recommend it. And, uh, the only other complaint that I will have is the marketing for the film, uh, gave far too much away for my tastes. Um, really unfortunate. Hope Jordan can get that under wraps more for the future. Um, because there was quite a few moments that felt like, not new when I got to see them in theaters, but sort of the second part of something I'd already kind of experienced. And that's that just sucks. I didn't mind it so much because I just really love how his movies are just about fitting everything together. And yeah. Like making it a puzzle and like that still works for me. But I definitely know that like not everyone feels that way and that people who do want to go into it to get like surprised and like see it build of these things and like. Like, like for one that's like, for instance, one thing that is like that, that, that were I not that like, I think a lot of people are irritated by, even if I wasn't, was like, you see Kiki Palmer get like launched through the eye, like through the sky by like the crazy suction machine in the first trailer. And it's like, I get, you kind of have to give the idea that there's some action in there, but that's like a big moment. And like, right. When you go into the theater, knowing that moment's in there, when that moment hits, it's not going to have quite as much sauce as it would. Exactly. Holy moly. Exactly. And like that, there was two other moments just like that in the trailers where I was like, oh, I'm still having fun. But like, man, this moment certainly isn't as fresh as it could have been. Um, So, yeah. Um, Movie review corner. What else are we talking about? Um, uh, Live a live. uh, The full game is out. Okay. Do you talk about? Are you playing it? Oh, baby, am I? Sure, go for it. Because uh, here's the thing, the the demo was cool. Because I, you know, I love a ninja. I love a, the uh, the future. I love a a, a kung fu. Mm-hmm. That's all great. But buddy, I want to be a caveman, baby. And <laughs> now I finally can. Um, Perfect. And it's really fun. It really is impressive, especially like this comes through a little bit in the demo, but is way more impressive in the main body of the game, which is that like, they are really different enough. Like some of them have like little stealth mechanics and some of them have like, like weird mind reading or interaction tools and stuff that you don't have in the other ones. So mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like you're just playing the same game in seven different settings. Like they are right. different enough tonally and mechanically. 
like they're pretty similar obviously like you don't have to learn seven different full mechanical sets or whatever but like the most you can do like the you get in every case you're not going to feel like you're playing the same game in the exact same way every time and so it is really fun to jump between them and like it does actually feel like you're changing activities like it doesn't feel like oh, I want to look at a ninja as opposed to, like, look at a cowboy. Like, it does feel like you're playing two at least slightly different games in the same series or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that is so fucking fun, dude. I love it. I'm loving that. I'm loving Neon White. I haven't played Stray at all, but I eventually will. Nice. So, wait, you've been mainly just switching it then. I've been switching it hard, baby. I haven't been on the Switch in a minute. Yeah, I don't know when the next thing that's going to call me to the Switch for, like, a real immediate appointment coming up maybe yeah. this later this year who knows i mean i'm i i'm switching it up so hard that like i know when we talked about the oled switch i've been like you know uh kind of leery about spending money on it at this point but like the more that i'm playing my switch all the time yeah it's a great screen i'm thinking about ooh, but what if i were to cop this oled hunter um, just got his steam deck oh what's he think uh, I think he got. Uh, he might get it this week, I guess, or whatever. But yeah, we should uh, have yeah. him on to uh, tell us if it sucks. Yeah, yeah, I'd be curious to see how that's going. Um, yeah. Uh, wait. So yeah, those two games. What else were we talking about? Other games. I, I'm in a weird game spot. I've just been too busy to play like a bunch of stuff. I got to watch um, uh, my roommate play Final Fantasy VII Integrade, which is like that that dlc for the game um yeah, i need to get that it looks like just kind of like a little bit of extra but like not super have to play but you get like, um, like yuffie's in it right yuffie's the main character that's all you yeah. do is play yeah so um, that's that's pretty fun yeah yeah it's fun but uh, i mean yuffie will be in the next game and nothing super major happens in the game that i think is like very important so if you're like do i really need this to play the next part probably not um, yeah that's fair yeah. i mean it's it's probably it's like probably mostly like it doesn't feel like total bridge content but it's you know pretty pretty fillery it seemed very fillery like very like oh uh, like i don't really need to see this yuffie storyline <laughs> um but yeah i don't know um I, other than that i have been playing a game that went uh very viral online um we're talking about stray uh yeah uh stray is an interesting fun four and a half hour indie game from this new studio this is their first game so that's pretty big deal extremely Um, french game from an extremely french studio yeah uh and yeah i think it's really beautiful um it's very very fun and simple i think that for the experience it's overpriced the the Um, classic the classic griffin refrain the ultimate griffin note on every game ever I'm just saying, I mean, I guess it didn't hurt them too much, but uh, yeah, I feel like if you are going to pay $30 for something, you do want it to be a little bit longer experience. But what I will say is what you get, what you do get for that really short experience are some really breathtaking and detailed visuals. Um, Pretty much every room and tile in the world is like insanely detailed so if you play this on the ps5 you take it for a 4k spin you're looking at like graphic fidelity that you would never be able to see in a larger game like because they just couldn't be able to afford to do it so there are like a lot of pros to its length yeah i found i found a lot of the discourse around that game to be pretty weird. I mean, I think the cost question is reasonable because like you are paying for a product or whatever. Yeah. But a lot of people have been posting like, I finished this game in five hours, not worth it. And it's like, if you're fucking power running stray, like trying to like plat it at top speed, like that's, that's just not engaging with what the game is. Yeah. I, I, I see that to a certain extent. Um, but yeah, so like, it's an odd game because it has a lot of strengths, like it's visuals, sort of the simplicity and vibe of just the cat and like moving around this like interesting kind of uh, robot, apo- like dystopia, apocalypse, post-apocalyptic world. 
that um, a lot of people thought was just Hong Kong. <laughs> uh, it's not okay, uh, but like I think once that stuff loses its shine, there really isn't like the puzzles aren't super interesting. The platforming isn't super difficult or thoughtful. Um, everything else just seems to be very uninspired. Once you get through sort of like the beautiful first like filmic layer of it. So yeah, I don't think it's a game that like I'm going to have to be thinking about and revisiting years from now. I think it's a fun game now, but not for $30. Um, I think that's fair. I think one thing I've heard about it that seems like the most compelling argument for it has been that it kind of fits in the same zone as like Journey or Flower, where it's a game that you play and it's fairly short and it doesn't have a ton of depth to it but that you could come back to and just sort of enjoy hanging out in that world and, and messing with that stuff um, sort of as a break between other games or just like to chill out on an afternoon. Like it's not as like driving, like it's just sort of like a, a warm bath you can step in and out of. I don't know what you would do though, once you complete the game. So just like run around and be a little kitty cat and meow and jump up and down. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> But hey, listen, it did it did it went viral for a little bit. Really successful marketing campaign. I think we're gonna be seeing a lot more animal focused video game indies in the future. Uh I still think that Untitled Goose Game is a way, way better product because it has the fun premise, but then it also has the more interesting puzzles and level designs. And it, there's just a lot more going on, in my opinion. Right, yeah, well, it feels like the thing with Untitled Goose Game that was magic is that Untitled Goose Game was kind of willing to say that, like, people are an obstacle to these animals having fun. And so you got to kind of antagonize people and, like, really, like, fuck up annoying little settings, like, mess up the shitty neighbor zone or, like, fuck with the farmer or, like, mess with those kids Mm-hmm. And like, there's a real joy there. And also it's true of the goose experience. Sure. Um, it's, it's true. Of the goose experience. And uh, f- for how light that story is, it somehow feels more original than robot dystopia. Well, cause like robot dystopia cat is just sort of like the kitty wants to go. So it's, it, it's just the kitty wants to go somewhere. And like, you want to hang out with this kitty. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Goose Game is very much like Goose Game unfolds in a really fun way because Goose Game has like a meaningful end game reveal, which I don't know if Stray does or not. But like Goose Game, you feel like you're just a goose trying to go somewhere and eventually you find this bell and you bring this bell back and then you realize that you're this goose who's been fucking ruining these people's lives for ages and stealing all their bells. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like a real compelling way to position a story as opposed to yeah there's a better motivating factor for the character that has more personality behind it yeah exactly yeah Uh, and the personality matches like the funniest things about a goose and that goose would win in a fight against that cat i'm taking that bet any day of the week any day of the week all right uh let's uh let's place a bet on this next ad uh, okay, what a what? A, uh, there was something you sent me, and it was a it was a legal document. Yes. that was anti gamer legislation. I wanted to get into this. So Please. Kyler Murray has signed a five year contract extension with the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler uh-huh. Murray is a football player. He's a very good football player. He's not the best football player, but he's extremely good. Um, however. This is the first contract of its kind. And the specific thing about it that is unique is that, well, let me tell you, it has a requirement of him doing four hours of independent football study during the week. And it has restrictions on how he can study, including he cannot study while his iPad or PlayStation or computer are on or it doesn't count uh, He because he's been gaming too much. These fuckers are on. They're watching his iPad. Apparently. What's he doing on there? Playing classic RuneScape? It says, players shall not receive any credit for independent study with respect to any time periods during which any material is displayed or played on an iPad or other electronic device. 
if players not personally studying or watching the material while it is being displayed or played, or B, players engaged. Uh, it, it, I'm not listening. It's too boring. I I love to be a lawyer. I don't legal documents <laughs> though. That's not my specialty. All right, fair enough. Well, the end of it is just that he can't have the he can't be like playing on his computer, or his PlayStation, or whatever. It doesn't count. Um, right, and so they they have like a like a foot bracelet ankle bracelet but on the ps5 i don't know i think it's like a good faith clause thing but i assume that like people there's gonna be some kind of reportage involved like there has to be and hopefully a lot of protests a lot of on the ground action because this is anti-gamer uh at its core they are threatened of course sports would always be threatened by a superior form of entertainment um and yeah like you know uh, the stands are empty. The stadiums are ghost towns. And now it's come to the players themselves. No one's on the court. Everyone's logging in. And can you blame them? No. I mean, why would you ever go to a shitty football game where it's too hot and it's uncomfortable and a hot dog is $900 when you could have it playing on your laptop while you play a little bit of Untitled Goose Game on your Switch? <laughs> you know, why would you why would you ever make that trade? And it is. This is, so this is particularly funny because there we talked about this in the show before. There have been other athletes who have been like derailed by gaming. Like DeAndre, like DeAndre Ayton was like considered to be less valuable of a player than he might otherwise have been because he played too much Call of Duty and too much Fortnite. There was right. uh, an NHL player who got sent down to the minor leagues because he kept missing practice because he stayed up too late playing uh, video games. And, and, and here's what I'll say is like, that's real. You know, like the uh, I, I don't the coaches, they're not making it up. It's true. But it, that just means that sports should be shut down. Yeah. No, I mean, look, it's it, instead of trying to find a way to make gaming productive for these people or if we're going to split it, like split the difference. They are uh, they are instead saying, hey, no gaming. Get this gaming out of here. I think people would watch holograms. I think if you hologrammed like Michael Jordan and a few other stars, I think people would go and see that. Yeah, I mean, I would. Yeah, you'd watch the Michael Jordan holograms all day. That's easy. That's and that's doable. Um. Yeah. I, I, so, did he sign this contract, or he is he going to give up the, all the millions of yeah, dollars? He signed it. Oh, he took damn. that money. It does raise a very funny thing, though, which is like, if I were the owner of a business, I don't think I would give two hundred thirty million dollars to a guy who I have to put in his contract. Don't play too many video games. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if I felt that way about a guy, I would be like, maybe I'm not going to give you two hundred thirty million dollars. Well, here's what I would do is, you know, I would I would I would only make those big contracts out to athletes that I knew were addicted to microtransaction video games. So, you know, you know, you give them 200 million, you know, they're going to be spending all that on Diablo Immortal and then they're going to be crawling back to you for a new contract. Oh, yeah. And they'll like they'll have to like hit their incentives because it's like. Look, if you want to eat, you got to get these bonuses because other because you already spent your base salary on on gems. Yeah, if you want to eat, um, so it, do sports games have microtransactions? I feel like they're like a weird part of the of games that like have less, but I'm probably they wrong. Have less, but they have started to get more lately. Yeah, it just like it seems like uh, the only way that you could really do that in a sports game is to. Like literally withhold characters. So like there's withhold a couple ways people. that they do it. Um, there's you can always like buy XP and points for like your create a character because all these games are like a create a character RPG mode. Yeah. Um, so there's that, but the bigger things are you can spend money to unlock like special like you know. Um, like legacy teams, like the 96 Bulls or whatever. Old teams or, like or old something. Jer- sure, or like sure, old sure. jerseys and stuff or old stadiums, stuff like that. You should be able to unlock new skins for your ball. Like, oh, you can turn the ball into like a nut sack. Or like a spike. And, and that's like your ball. Like a spiky ball. Yeah, I guess a spiky ball. I, I think nut sack would be better, but spiky well, ball, I sure. You have both. Uh, Yes, but if you had to choose, if there was only one, um, <laughs> there could only be one, and it's gonna have to be a nutsack. 
Yeah, so uh, sports. Okay, man, I'm feeling like shit today. I'm sorry, audience. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, Griffin's been grinding it out lately. Uh, yeah, way too much. Uh, I don't play enough video games. I don't. I don't treat myself enough. I don't even know what else there even is to talk about. Um, there is. Uh, I'm playing World of Warcraft Shadowlands. That's retail. Wow, I'm very excited that this is gonna be a big fall season of World of Warcraft. We've got Wrath of the Lich King uh, Classic coming out in September. That'll be fun. Um, Overwatch Two is coming out. Dragonflight is coming out. It's a big end of the year for them. Let's see how they fuck it all up. Yeah, I'm the the rest of this year is intriguing to me. That's yes. for sure. Wait, what the hell is this? Disney Dreamlight Valley. What well, is like an MMO? I don't know. Wait a second. I have heard about this a little bit. I is this going to be where all the Disney uh, adults go next? To Let's see. Jack off. Gameplay overview. Welcome to Disney Dreamlight Valley, a brand new life simulation game filled with adventures, mysteries, Whoa. and beloved Moana. Disney and Pixar friends. The valley was once a happy and magical place until one day the forgetting set in. Now it's up to you to discover the stories of this world and restore the magic. Oh no, everyone's sad. Valley. Yeah. Graphics are good. You'll begin your adventure by creating your avatar. Yep. Okay. There are tons of options to pick it's from. It's online though, right? Express your inner self by our friends in the valley. Castle Beach, the Glade of Trust, the Peaceful Meadow, or the Plaza. <laughs> the Plaza! For a little bit of fun, <laughs> going fishing. Oh, it, it looks like Fortnite. It does. Or you can take a moment to grow a garden. You'll need to choose a good spot for it. So first. it's kind of like Animal then, Crossing, I guess. Or like a kind of a Stardew Valley, maybe. Yeah, I'm, I'm clicking through a little bit more. Oh, crafting. Oh, nice like portable furniture. radio. And furniture is super fun. This look, yeah, this looks like an Animal Crossing kind of clone. The possibilities to mix and. Is, uh, this magical place is but there's no like dungeons or anything. I think it's just an, all, like a house builder. Is your Dreamlight Valley? Yeah, yeah. It's like Stardew Valley mixed with Animal Crossing. Okay, that'll be interesting. That's fun. I kind of like that because like I, I know a lot of people got a lot of tr a lot of juice out of like the cute Animal Crossing characters, but I I would rather hang out with with Scrooge McDuck. Sorry to say. I mean, yeah, um, for sure. So I don't know. This could be cool. When's this coming out? Let's see. Disney Dreamlight Valley releases September 6th in early access on PC and consoles. Well, then is Dreamlight Valley multiplayer. It has multiplayer potential. Anyways, guys, we're doing our research now. We'll look into this. If there's any Disney freaks get excited and we got i mean there's big stuff coming i mean in just a couple days yeah. fucking uh yeah did talk to me about the future Digimon's coming out on friday okay yeah um that's very We've exciting about that Digimon one. survive i'm really excited to see basically uh it's like basically the idea is it's gonna be one of those games much like the game i played recently that a uh, winter more tactics club uh, where you have sort of visual novel sequences of narrative in between tactics fights. Mm -hmm. um, so that's very exciting to me. I'm also nice. pretty hyped for obviously the Marvel tactics game that's coming. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, is that in August? I, on, I think it might be in August. No, that's too soon. I mean, it's supposed to be in March. Oh, no, it's been it's officially announced October 7th. Uh, okay. So we got a little bit of time, but then they're also doing Advance Wars and Front Mission. Uh, some classic mech yeah. games coming soon. They're bringing Saints Row, a new Saints Row back, but it just looks like trash. I don't know. I never got into like Grand Theft Auto is enough of a parody. I don't need like a parody of a parody. I like, I like Saints Row just because it's so over the top, but it does not really. It doesn't. 
it doesn't work as a parody of a pair as a parody of, of GTA because GTA is already a parody of so much. But it is like on right. its own as like a standalone goof em up, still pretty good. Oh, in September, Evil West. I'd like to give that a shout out. Oh yeah. Um, also, the the this game? dark the Warhammer 40k uh, Vermintide. Uh, yeah, I guess for you. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, yeah. So like, I'm looking at wait, where'd it go? Evil West kind of came out of nowhere, uh, but the the gameplay just looks really fun. Um, you're just fighting monsters as a cowboy. Um, I mean, the and yeah, the horror western is like such a fun genre. It just looked like it looked super sweet. Like, uh, so it might be a sleeper hit. Who know, who freaking knows? Yeah, um, I would love to see a sleeper hit. Today of all days, he's just he's just knocking stuff around with his like big fist. You like punch stuff and shoot stuff, which is like my favorite that's, type that's of like fun. combat. That is fun. Like, like it's like melee and shooting. So it's like bang, bang, bang. Yeah, no, this looks good. I mean, like I said, the fucking the. The horror western is such a fun genre because like you've you've got you're depowered enough because it's like enough in the past that you can't have a million crazy guns that things actually do feel kind of like contextually scary uh-huh. and intense. But then also like you're a fucking mega cowboy and you get to kill a million bad guys. Right. Um. It's very interesting and fun. Yeah, so that's that's something that's going to be in my light radar. And then we go into, uh, you know, October here. We got Overwatch 2, Marvel Midnight Suns. That'll be good. Very excited um, to see how that hey, turns got, out. And folks, I may be one of the only people saying this, but we got Mario Rabbid, Sparks of Hope. It's funny um, how often on the on the um, tactic stream that Forrest and I do, people in the chat are like, wouldn't it be funny if there was like a Mario Tactics game? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, there it is. You guys, you guys got to play it. We should. It's pretty good. It's good. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, and then and the new one looks like they kind of changed the format again. So maybe it'll be even better or more interesting. We'll have to see. Uh, that's all happening. Um, and then we're gonna get down into here into November for, of course, our God of War. Starting off with that first week, that'll be huge. Um, Pokemon, and then I guess the new Pokemons, yeah, you know, we'll be checking those out. Um, remake of and East then, Five, yeah. that's our East Jeez, December is December's a disaster. Well, for now, that's true, yeah. I guess most games don't release in December, though, unless you're like, I know Dragonflight, like an MMO, like a more live game will probably release in December, like that, but. I feel like they want to get the Christmas sales in November. Yeah, I mean, I think that, yeah, they probably want, they're probably aiming for Black Friday, right? Yeah, they just need to give people, like, enough weeks to, like, buy the gift for someone. And if, like, they release too late, then, like, people have already bought a different gift. Um, just thinking sales, little sales sales tip for everyone here. If there's any, any people trying to sell <laughs> retail All right, this year. Before we go, I can tell you one funny thing. Okay. Did you hear about the Kid Rock concert that like got all fucked up? Uh, no. So Kid Rock had a concert that he had to cancel because there was like a windstorm. And sure. his fans went fucking crazy and started like yelling at and throwing shit at security and like venue staff and like acting like absolute psychos, which is pretty <laughs> predictable. Um, but the next layer is that they've gotten so mad that they've turned on Kid Rock. <laughs> And they, Wait, what? They're blaming Kid Rock for the fucking windstorm uh, and canceling the show. And now they're selling T-shirts that say Kid Rock American Snowflake. Oh, my God. So they wanted him to perform in the tornado yeah, like in the windstorm where like stuff was like falling down. Yeah. And they were like, why aren't you? I paid for my ticket. Why aren't you dancing for me? That's actually awesome. You know, it's it, one wrong move. Yeah. And you, and you fall from the top. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. I feel like that's like something that happens with musicians a lot is like there's always like controversies about them like canceling shows because like half the people are sick or something like yeah people are are upset about the canceling of the shows and I, I think it's because you know people haven't gotten in in the last many years to go to as much stuff so when they don't get to go to it they have like extra mega tantrums yeah I and mean, I think um, that's definitely a part of it is that like. 
People are like, this Kid Rock show is the first thing me and my estranged wife have done since COVID. <laughs> and so I got to yeah. do it. And, you know, right. And, you know, a lot of people rely on Kid Rock concerts to save marriages. Yes. Yeah. And I the statistics on on marriages in America now are probably just totally plummeting. Yeah, well, because people like to hear um, Bob with the Bob and turn to their wife and they go, you're my chick with beepers. Yeah. I think, like, um, I don't know Kid Rock songs enough to... To offer anything there. I'm sorry. I I don't like his music. I like his politics. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone's, um, there's only two kinds of people. People who like his music and not his politics. And people who like his politics and not his music. But no one likes both. And everyone likes at least one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you know, uh, I feel like they, they need a few celebrities, right? It's not fair if they don't have any celebrities. Yeah. They need someone better than Gina Carano. And yeah. And Gina's not even like allowed on on tv shows anymore so i wish he was still out there it was funny when like one of them was hot yeah like um that was like a cool trying to bit think, what is it like mel mel gibson but like mel gibson's like liberal i feel like he's just a crazy person no he's like a i think he's a, a big maga psycho oh chris pratt is yeah chris pratt hmm <clears throat> Um and his Velociraptor. Yeah, blue blue votes red, no matter who. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, uh huh. It comes in and when I, that's what that's what they meant by blue wave. Um, it's when blue brought the presidency home. Uh, I feel like everyone is like giving up on thinking at all until like the presidential race starts again, and then everyone's going to come back and be like, forget about me. Here's I all do my think 2024 or like the lead up like 2023, honestly. And like the, lead yeah. of the election is going to have like a shitload of like canceled slash like dis disavowed people on both sides emerging from like the Krasensteins are going to come out of nowhere. And like get back <laughs> in the mix. Like it is going to get wild. It's going to get wet and wild out there. I think. Yeah, and if it's not them, they'll be like new Krasensteins because it's been a couple of years and you can grow new ones really quickly if you leave them, you know, near some sunlight by the window. Um, but like, you know, I just feel like we're in like a weird slumbery period. Everyone feels kind of asleep online going through the motions. And I wonder if like we're going to like just grind out of caring about the stuff completely or if we're just in sort of like a building year a resting year and then all of a sudden we're going to care about posting again i don't know i think i think it's just that it's so hot dude sure everyone just needs to take a fucking break they need to like lie down everybody go lie down i'm gonna go lie down you should lie down i can't i got stuff to do but i will lie down later Oh, I have so much stuff to do. I'm so tired. Okay, guys, that's it. That's it. That's all. <laughs> Fuck off. Episode over. Get out of here. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. And where's the stop button? <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>